Hey, hockey fans, I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. We host the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're lifelong hockey fans who talk about the game and the lifestyle. Our guests include professional hockey players. My rookie party had to wear Speedo, and then we had a checklist of stuff we had to do. Here we go, Gaber. What do you got to say? And it's kind of like, <laughs> you know better than that now, boys. I got dressed for the Bruins. You get a phone call. He's like, dude, we need you over here by the elevator. You got to get downstairs. You got to get dressed right now. I started playing the like, dun, 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 and I turned it around and it had the Olympic rings and said, we did it. NHL team hockey reporters. I actually took the Stanley Cup to this ice bar where they've got now girls around them and I've got a fur coat on. <laughs> I wonder who, who he shoot checked over here. <laughs> and then <laughs> I looked down at my feet. Hockey fans. The entire bar was lined with guys in Kings jerseys. We quickly realized, oh my gosh, this is the dad's trip. And we bring unique hockey stories to light. Coming back to England, 24 rings in the entire country. That's where the problem starts with the sport of ice hockey here. Canadian Blind Hockey Association, those few kids we interviewed, their whole week is built around Sunday at the rink. They're just hockey players. We don't agree on everything. Pineapple goes on pizza. <gasps> no, it does not. <laughs> I think it does. But we do agree that there are many people and places that build the House of Hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What is up? Welcome to the Kane's Train Podcast. It's me, Zach. Back at it again. Follow at Kane's Train Pod right there on the Twitters. Um, that was the word. I can't stand that I said Twitters right there. Um, welcome to the video portion of the podcast. Um, this is the first one I've recorded the whole thing in a video. Uh, I'm actually recording this right before I talk to our guest today, who is Abby Labar. Um, you know her from Hurricanes Vision stuff at the games. If you've been to a game in the last three years, you know her from Fox Sports Carolina's On the Hurricanes broadcast. Um, and you know her maybe from some ACC coverage and stuff like that. She's doing big things. So we're going to talk to her today, and you'll hear that the second half of this episode. So welcome to it again. If you haven't been keeping up with the streams, it is uh, Twitter, Periscope on Twitter, Facebook Live, I guess, is what the stream is on Facebook. I don't know. It goes there. Follow the page at Kane Strain um, Podcast on Facebook. It's at Kane Strain Pod on Twitter. It will just show up there. It'll have the live thing up in the top. Um, and you know, the link gets tweeted out, all that. So share that, make that happen. Enjoy getting to watch as well as uh, listen to things. But you know, this podcast essentially has two parts, right? We've got the the part where, you know, we'll have a guest, we'll talk about some hockey related stuff or talk about that guest. It's not, I mean, right now, nothing's really going on, right? Um, and then, and then there's my favorite part, which is just the off the rails part, right? Eh? Cue the intro. Not doing it yet. Um, but that's kind of, you know, that's if this is your intro to the show in general, 
you know, I've been having some guests on, so maybe some new people are joining us. Uh, and this is the first video one. So maybe some people just watch it out of curiosity, but the way it goes is I kind of just use the first half of the show to talk about whatever. And sometimes it's hockey related. And a lot of times I don't, it's not anything related. It's just things I think of during the week that I think are amusing or interesting. Um, and that's what it's called off the rails. We are a train. Sometimes the train goes, you know, so we're going to start with that. And why waste any time? Because this thing, this thing, this came to my attention today. Okay. And I'm so excited to talk about this because I don't think I've laughed harder at anything in at least a year than I did this thing that I'm going to show you. And so (laughs) that is why uh, I'm really excited to talk about it and let's just do it and insert the theme. Uh, um, Yikes. This is Off the Rails. Yeah. All right. Off the Rails time. Are you ready? What I have here, if you're watching the video, is some instructions. The camera's not in focus. Whatever. It's a hand warmer, okay? And my wife bought this. She works outside. Even though it doesn't get that cold in Georgia, it still gets cold if you're outside, right? So um, she works around dogs. Can't have the... Uh, you know, the like hand warmers you rub in your, in your, keep in your pockets, right? Can't have those because a dog might eat it and that's not good. Um, dogs will eat anything. And so she buys this. And first of all, it works by like you plug it in and it's just this little pod. It, lo- it literally looks like this. Like if you can see, it's just a over, like it looks like a mouse. It looks like an Apple mouse without the charger on the bottom because that's the dumbest thing ever. And we've already talked about that in the past, but it basically just gets hot. And then you can set it how hot it goes. And to me, sounds like an awful idea for a product. Like, you know, when your phone gets too hot and you're like, this shit's too hot. And sometimes it even says like, yeah, this shit's too hot. Stop using it. And it won't let you use it. This thing is basically like, we're going to work by doing that part. Like that seems dangerous, right? An electrical thing that you plug in and it just gets hot. And that's its point to get hot. I don't know about the safety of that, but whatever. We'll find out in the coming weeks. I'm really interested to see how it works for her. This is not what we're going to talk about. What I want (laughs) to, I can't, this is going to be hard to get through. Okay. But it's going to be worth it. Hopefully. I think this is the most interesting thing maybe in the world. Okay. But specifically that I've seen today, this is it. And I'm reading the instructions here, the little manual it comes with, you can see. Um, And this is a product from China. Okay. As many electronics are. And the great thing about many of these products is the instruct the, the this stuff that comes with it right the the manual the instructions the care instructions they are not the most foreign thing i've ever read or seen they're whatever one step above that is okay it is the equivalent of trying to just type in in chinese in google translate and hit english and just be copy paste but Obviously, those two languages don't. So you get some interesting. You know what? I'm just gonna start reading, and you'll you'll get what I mean. Okay. Um, These are the precautions for it, and this is really funny. It says one: follow the instructions to use the hand warmer. Normal English, right? We're looking good. The second one says: prohibit disassemble, open, chopped, pierced with metal to the product. 
It says, prohibit disassemble. What? Comma, open. Just a word. Uh, chopped. An adjective for no reason. You're throwing an adjective into the middle of the sentence. All right. Uh, and pierced with metal to the product is the last part of it. Pierced with metal to the product. Do you make sense of anything that that, what does that mean? What does any of that mean? It says prohibit, disassemble, open, chopped, pierced with metal to the product. That's number two. Okay. So beware of whatever that means. I don't know. That's when I, she started reading these and I knew this is going to be good. Okay. The third one says this, is that's not by, by far, that's not the best part. The third one says when not using the product for long-term, please, but it says PLS. Is how every plea, every please I read, it's spelled PLS. So it's like, please make sure recharge it at least every three months. Again, when not using the product for long term, please make sure recharge it at least every three months. I didn't miss words. That's what it says. Okay. This is the English level that this thing has. Okay. Humorous, not by far the best part. We'll keep going. Please, again, PLS. Do not put the product under a heat source or flame. Why would you do that? <laughs> we just set it on fire. This is how it works, right? I just burn it. Uh, please do not set it under a heat source or flame. Do not put it into water or fire. <laughs> do not put in sunlight for long time slash avoid capitalized prolonged sun exposure for long time. Too long. It says, it says... <laughs> Do not put it into water or fire, okay? If you're putting anything into fire that's not wood to burn for a fire, do we need to write that down? That needs to be on everything then, okay? If you're going to put that in here, that's got to be on everything. Do not put this into fire. Seems obvious to me, but, you know, they're like, Americans are pretty dumb, so we're going to have to be real specific about this. So don't put it in fire. Then this sentence says, by the way, this is all one sentence, this entire thing all commas. There's no periods anywhere. It says, do not put in sunlight for a long time slash avoid prolonged sun exposure for a long time. Okay. There are three things in there that mean the same fucking thing. Do not put in sunlight for a long time. That could have ended the sentence, but instead it says slash meaning in other words, avoid prolonged sun exposure, which means don't keep it in the sun for a long time. Then it says for a long time. Prolonged, you don't need to use, hey, <laughs> hey, whoever this is made by, okay? Cobbles hand warmer. For sure, you don't need long time, prolonged, and long time in the same sentence because of how they all mean the same thing, okay? It's the most convoluted way of saying anything. Uh, number five is, <laughs> this is a good one. <laughs> We're getting to the really good parts, okay? This, this made me laugh really hard when I read this earlier. Number five says, and I'm reading this word for word, okay? I'm not missing words. Once the product leak, please, PLS, keep away from it. Do not touch it with your skin, eyes, or other sensitive parts. <laughs> if you already touch it, please, PLS, wash the touching area with plenty of water first, then go to hospital ASAP. <laughs> Let's break that one down because I think that's my favorite. First of all, the, the first words here, it says once the product leak, okay? Which it doesn't say if the product leak. 
leaks is what it should say. It says once the product leak. So it's saying like this shit's going to leak, okay? And once it do, <laughs> keep away from it. Don't go near this thing once it starts leaking, okay? Specifically, don't touch it with your skin or eyes. <laughs> when it what who how do you do that? Who how do you touch anything with your eyes, okay? What does that even mean? Do you, what you mean is don't get it and then touch your okay. But what you said was don't touch it with your skin or your eyes. Like my eyes are going to be like, and zoom in and touch it and be like, oh no, that was a bad idea. I should have read the instructions once it leaked. So this thing's going to fucking leak. And once it does, definitely don't keep it. Don't get it on your skin. Don't touch it with your eyes and or other sensitive parts, which I'll leave that open to your interpretation, I guess. Don't get your sensitive parts in this leak you know what is it gonna leak also it's like a it heats up what is it leaking what's in there should i be a fucking is this thing gonna blow up are we gonna start world war three with this fucking hand warmer it's gonna explode and they're gonna be like that's an attack because it blows up the neighborhood all i know is just don't touch it with your eyes and you should be okay and then it says if you already touch it <laughs> english please wash the touching area with plenty of water first then go to hospital ASAP. <laughs> so it's like, make sure you wash it first, but then go ahead and go ahead and get to the hospital as soon as you can. Also, the fact that you know what the, the acronym ASAP means, but you can't spell out the word please. What are we doing here? And prolonged was capitalized for no reason. Please, dude, writing please, PLS, please is only three more letters than that. All you're leaving out is the E, the A, and the end E. Did you really save that much time? You saved what, 15 letters so far? I feel like it'd be worth it just to, you know, make it make not get made fun of on a random podcast. But anyway, the next thing says um, work temperature zero to 45 degrees Celsius. Work temperature. Don't I guess that's what it works in. Relative humidity, 20 to 70 percent. Does that mean are you giving us a weather report? That's what we should keep it in. That's what it won't work in. Who knows? Please. PLS, keep it away from moisture, heat, water, and fire. Again, they're really making sure you know, do not let this thing get on fire because then it will be on fire. I'm not making this shit up. You might be able to even read it. No, I can't focus it in enough to read it. I don't think I can, whatever. This is the sentence that says, once the product leak, keep away from it. Do not touch it with your skin, eyes, and other sensitive parts. If you already touch it, please wash the touching area with plenty of water first, then go to hospital ASAP. This is so great. My favorite thing in the world, in the world, is comedy from things that were not meant to be funny. This was typed seriously by someone being like, well, make sure... Make sure they know once it leak. What accent was that? Who was it? Where is this person from? Someone from China sounds like what I just did. No, let's just stay away from stereotypical accents in general, probably. Um, but yeah, that was great. I hope you got some enjoyment out of those. It also has an instructions uh, section. The number one instruction says LED battery indicator. Hey, that is not an instruction. That's just how it works. 
It's not an instruction. It doesn't say how to use the LED battery indicator. Push this button. It just says, sometimes this shit blinks. It's not an instruction. Number two instruction is button functions. I mean, I, more of an instruction, I guess, but it's this is like a manual. They don't know what these words mean at all. The One more good part of this, it just is the gift that keeps on giving, you know? There's a warranty on the back and it talks about just like replacing things, but the it includes this weird paragraph I've never seen on any warranty of any product ever. Warranty. Thank you for purchasing our company's products. Our product was produced under strict quality control and inspection. Quality can meet international standards. It is very popular in all of the world. <laughs> One sentence, all commas, no periods. And that last part, it is very popular in all of the world. Like, is it? Is it? Has anyone ever heard of this thing before? It's really popular in the, in the whole world. Everyone's using these things. But do not put it in fire. People have been putting it in fire and touching it with their eyes. And you just, you need to go to hospital ASAP. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever read before. Um, all right. Well, that was 15 minutes of fun. <laughs> and now what we're going to do, and in the present here, if you're with me in the next few minutes, we're going to jump on the stream with Abby Labar. Um, you know her from Fox Sports Carolinas again. Say it all. We'll, we'll talk about it here. Um, go check her out. Follow her on Twitter. We'll mention all. We'll plug all that stuff in the upcoming segment. But thanks for tuning in. If you enjoy the video, if you enjoy this part as a video, um, let me know. I don't even know where it's going to live, but you'll know. If you're, if you're here, you found it. Well done. Good job. Um, so thank you for listening and enjoy this guest segment. Appreciate it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Kane's Train podcast guest stream here. Um, I'm doing it today with Abby Labar. You might know her if you've been to a Hurricanes game and her in-game hosting stuff. You might know her if you've watched TV before on Fox Sports Carolinas. Uh, Abby, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. Of course. Thank you for doing this. I think you're bringing the uh, the credibility to the pod, not the other way around. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, so, Abby... Like I mentioned, you do a lot of stuff around the team, and, and you've really grown um, in your kind of roles around the the Hurricanes in the last few years, which has been cool to see. Um, Gosh, who would have thought? <laughs> I, I I mean, that, I think you're pretty good at it. So I will say, when um, when the stuff with Mike Maniscalco happened, um, and I guess they had asked you to kind of step into that sort of role, I watched that game on TV, and I was like, this girl. <laughs> Been doing this for years, I'm like so nervous. yeah. I <laughs> mean, you did for reasons, but yeah. <laughs> uh, very thankful for the opportunities and um, just what the organization has done for me. So it's been awesome. Yeah, I mean, you did phenomenal. Like you definitely seemed like someone who wasn't nervous at all, which I'm sure wasn't the case because <laughs> I would have been very nervous. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think that team's definitely uh, definitely grateful to have you. But I wanted to kind of get into you know, I'm always interested by anyone who's in the kind of sports world. Like, was there a moment growing up? Like, were you always a huge sports person growing up? Or was there a moment where you're like, I really want to like do something in sports? Is there a time that clicks for you? Or was it always a thing? I think it was 
was a, I think it was like a collection of instances, right? Like, um, so I grew up, I played every sport under the sun. Um, I played uh, basketball, soccer, ran cross country. I swam, I rode horses. I wanted to try everything. Like I love the idea of always staying active. Um, and so with that, like school, I was always really, I was, you know, I was good. I was okay in school, but like sitting at a desk for a long time and, um, you know, trying to pay, we're all that way, right? Like it's so yeah. hard to pay attention to anything these days. Um, and so, you know, I, I wasn't good at math. I was so bad at math. I knew I didn't want to be a doctor, blood, blood, guts, all that freaks me out. Like, yeah. <laughs> I am so thankful for all of them, all the doctors and lawyers and frontline workers these days, but that is nothing that I could ever do. Um, so I appreciate them more because I know that's a, not something I even thought about doing. And so I was just kind of exploring like ideas, like what could I be good at? Like what would be, you know, how can I make my mark in society? What kind of job would, would fit me and, and how can I fit that job? And um, I actually went to, I used to go to a lot of Tennessee volunteer games with my papa. And um, this was when I was like a junior or senior in high school. And we went to like their homecoming games. So they had like, um, they had like a lot of their buildings open and their communication like broadcast school building was open. And my papa was like, I think this could be something you would be good at. And that's actually something I had thought about just from like, um, doing like some cla classes like in high school when they were like, Oh, like what's a career that you think would be cool. And broadcasting was one that had kind of come up. But when I walked into that broadcast school, I was like, I never, you know, I never really truly thought like that, that this is what I could do full time for my career. And so it really, that's when it really clicked. And, you know, being at a football game too, as soon as we did that, we walked in the football game. I'm like sports broadcasting, like, that's it. Like, I think that that would be a really cool job. I think I could be good at it. Like we're going to, we're going to try it out. So when I applied to colleges, I knew I had in mind that I wanted to be a sports broadcaster, applied to communication schools, broadcasting schools, um, and then fell in love with NC State, which is funny because like, they, right? Yeah, go back. <laughs> uh, fell in love with NC State. I was actually really interested in going to South Carolina um, mm -hmm. because they do the whole like in-state tuition thing, like scholarship right. too for, yep. for North Carolina residents. And so, um, and they have a really good broadcast school, but I, you know, I, I instantly fell in love with NC State. I wanted to go there. And honestly, they didn't, they don't really have like a journalism school. It's weird. Like my major was communication and I had a minor in journalism, but they don't have a journalism. They don't have a major in journalism. That's weird. So that's interesting. But yeah. either way, it worked out great because um, I was able to get my foot in the door early working with NC State Athletics. You know, they didn't have that journalism school with a lot of journalism students that I was really, truly competing with. And so people welcomed me with open arms to just ideas and opportunities that, you know, I walked in and said, hey, what do you think of this? How can I help where I would like to be involved with this? And I'm so grateful for, for all those opportunities. And then obviously, that's when I kind of started to get to know like the hurricanes because growing up in Charlotte, we had the checkers and I actually think I went to a couple checkers games, but uh, we were, I was never a hockey person growing up. My, my parents weren't into hockey. We never went to a Canes game. And so when I, uh, I went to a couple Canes games in college, I was like, this is cool. Like I never really followed hockey before. So I really ever envisioned myself covering hockey. Um, and then my senior year of college, 
I did an internship with Spectrum News, which was Time Warner Cable News at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, it was funny, like it was right before, right when the Canes were kind of going through the ownership change or like right before. And they were like, hey, Abby, like go cover the Canes tonight. Like we have football and basketball and like all these other teams to cover. And I was like, oh, OK, that's fine. Like I'll do it. But then I like quickly got to know the organization and the sport. And that's where I started to get a little bit of hockey experience under my belt. And then, um, yeah, the job came open for the to be the end game host as soon as I graduated. And um, here we are in, the, in with the fully engulfed in hockey and the Canes. And I couldn't have asked for, um, you know, just a better experience with with just not just the Canes, but the experience that I've had in Raleigh and the community here. And I'm so grateful to be here. So it's been a um, it's been a really neat, neat journey. But I've never turned back since I knew that this is what I wanted to do. And it's been a grind, but, um, you know, we're here. So, (laughs) yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Yeah. What a journey, huh? You and I, I guess we're we were probably uh, walking around the brickyard the same same time. Yeah. When did you graduate? I graduated. So graduated. I think I graduated in. 17 or 18 it's because okay. I took a I took a full-time job when I was like 21 and okay. so the last three yeah. years or so I did like part-time online to fit. so it took me like three years to do what I could have done in a semester or two because I just took it slow while I was working yeah. um but yeah I, graduated, I, I started in 2012 yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah we were probably we would have been around there at the same definitely, time yeah we definitely were because I was 2013 to 2017 so, yep. so yeah. you got there after I did graduated before I did very well done. <laughs> yeah. So we were, we were both there for the whole Harrelson hall, like just let's knock it down. And I had a couple classes in there and then they were Me like, too. Yep. Yep. I had some classes in there. In the my, wife bought, my wife bought us uh t-shirts that she just like showed up one day and was like, check this out. And it said, it was like a, a drawing of Harrelson Hall and it was like Harrelson Hall, whatever to what, the year they knocked it down. <laughs> really? Oh, that's funny. I that actually funny. like that. I don't know why I'm, I'm, I'm like a routine. Not, you know, I shouldn't say I'm a routine person cause I'm really not. My life is like all over the place, but like <laughs> I I'm, I'm one of those people that like saves everything. So like I save cards, I save like, like my boyfriend will be like, why are you saving like this post-it note? I'm like, well, my sister wrote it for me. And so like, for some reason, when they were knocking down Harrelson Hall, it like bothered me. I was like, (laughs) don't knock that thing down. It's a historical building, even though it was like super ugly. But hey, (laughs) (laughs) that's funny. Um, So um, your time with the hurricanes, when, what was it like when you kind of went from, first of all, I don't know. Let me organize my thoughts here. <laughs> all of us. When you, when you, yeah, exactly. When you start as the in-game host at the arena, um, are you like, had you ever done anything like that before? I mean, that's a, that's a lot of, maybe not, it depends on what year exactly, but eventually like certain nights, that's a lot of people you're, you're doing right. that for. Like, was that kind of a, it's like a live performance. You, you yeah. it's, and I will, t- and I, you know, it's really cool. We actually, uh, me and a couple of my friends that are in the league, um, Carlin Bath, who works for the LA Kings and then John Root, who was the host for the San Jose Sharks. Um, he, we did a podcast, like kind of when everything shut down and interviewing mm-hmm. like other industry professionals. And we quickly started to learn and, and all, we always went back to the same thing, like in-game hosting is such an underrated position because it comes off as like 
your in-game host, like, well, that could mean a lot of things, first right. of all, because there's everyone's different with every team. And then it's like, it's it's definitely considered like an amateur position. I mean, it is. and But the, it's an amateur position, but it is a position that is so valuable for so many reasons, not just for the team and the organization from an in-game entertainment standpoint and a representation standpoint, but from a knowledge and skill standpoint. Like, you're so right. I had to sit there and it's one thing when you're on a broadcast and you're talking to a camera and you know that right. there are thousands of people behind the camera. And so when that red light comes on, you know, you get the adrenaline rush and it's all nurse, but you, there's things that TV and you, you can fix in TV and you can go to commercial break and you have yeah. a chain to bounce off of. But when it's me by myself in front of 18,000 fans and like, I'm trying to focus on the camera and what's showing on the video board and who's screaming behind me, who's screaming in front of me, but it is, it's intimidating and it's tough. And, um, it's, it was a, it's a huge challenge, but a challenge that like, I was so excited for every single night. Um, and so to your point, going back to like, had I done it before? Yeah. So I, it's funny, like going back to my time at NC state, um, some of the work that I was doing was with the NC state baseball team. And there was one day where, um, I can't even remember like my boss or somebody like they, we were doing a promotion. It was like deal or no deal. And somebody was like, Abby, like, why don't instead of the PA guy doing it from the press box, why don't you get up there with the microphone and like post it on top of the dugout? And I was like, no way. Like, that's so lame. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, they're like do you want to be in broadcasting or not? And I was like, well, yeah. And they were like, well, here's your shot. Get, get a microphone in your hand. This is your first opportunity to start getting reps. And so I grabbed the microphone. I did the deal or no deal from the dugout. And then it became a constant thing where I was the in-game host for NC State Baseball. And, um, you know, it was, it's, I had some experience with it, but there's, it, it's so different being outside at a baseball game doing that. Uh-oh. Ah, go away. Happening. <laughs> over here. <laughs> Okay, am I still here? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> um, but it's so different going from. Let me actually exit that out so we do. No, no worries. The beauty of live streaming. <laughs> oh, I think your mic's off. By the way, I don't know how to fix that, but. <laughs> I can't. Now let's try. There we go. Perfect. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> a little speed bump in the road. It's okay. Production, um, you know, the guy that we'll get the intern to edit that. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, but uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So from like, from doing like baseball and being outside, there's that, there's a different feel. And then I went on to do some minor league baseball um, during the summers, but being in a, in a, in an arena, and like that noise is just like compacted inside the arena and you know, the crowds are so much bigger for the Canes. Like, I mean, it's an, it is an unreal feeling and there's never not a time as many games as I've done where I'm not nervous going into it. And, and it's, it's been so cool. My favorite part about it is, you know, I started, you know, doing the t-shirt tosses and the on ice games. And like, that was really my primary role my first season and then the second season when they were like, hey, we want you to do this like in-game show. Um, and then I, you know, started evolving and doing that. And then um, people, you know, became familiar with what I was doing at the games. And 
it was one of those things where I built this relationship with the fan base that was like a, Hey, you guys are in this with me, right? Like instead of, I was no longer afraid of being laughed at if I was going to mess up. It's like, they're going to laugh with me. And so it's been really like, that's been my favorite part of that entire experience is just growing with the organization and them seeing me grow. And then like, being able to learn how to be comfortable in my own skin. And that's what's been so valuable for me now going into the broadcast world um, is just being myself and being, you know, comfortable doing that and understanding that people are going to either like you or they're going to hate you. And, you know, even the people that hate you and whatever, you know, you're not going to change who you are. And the people that like you, they're, they're not afraid to see you mess up either. You know, it's not. And so that's just been like the coolest thing about that, having my audience, right beside me and you yeah. know knowing that they're gonna cheer me on or boo me if we need to be booed or laugh with me so it's a it's to get the feedback right right exactly <laughs> it's, it's right there right. <laughs> so yeah. um a really unique experience and anybody getting into broadcasting i 100 percent suggest um you know going that route to begin with because you're not going to get a better experience or better reps or you know just um better for yourself and your own skill set um, than, than doing something, than being an in-game host like that. So yeah, yeah, it's been a cool, cool experience. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, if you, if you can do it live, doing it in a studio is not going to be a problem. It's, it's funny because <laughs> Carlin, my friend with the Kings would always tell me that she was like, because we became friends before I even did, you know, filled in for Mike and started doing some broadcast stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I became friends with her you know, as a host and she was a host for the Kings. She was like an ice girl. And then she was the host. So she'd been with them forever. And she was like, Abby, I'm telling you, like, once you get to TV, like it's a lot easier than this in game hosting stuff is. I'm like, are you sure? And she's like, oh yeah, like it gets a lot easier from here. And she was right. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Different. So, uh, but good- it's like, it's weird though. This is, this is just like my opinion on it because the only, I don't, it's, I definitely haven't done anything on the scale that you've done, but the only live performing kind of experience I have is through music stuff. I've performed, you know, at like open mics or. I see the guitar back there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is also my music studio in addition to its many other uses. Yeah. So you, you kind of feel, you get that feedback, you know, you can, I can kind of look around um and see okay some people are enjoying this or yeah. like that guy's been on the phone for 35 minutes right it's, just weird. it's like a, you get that you get all the awkwardness that comes into a performance because you just have to and it's not what, what am i going to stop in the middle and be like hey why aren't you guys paying attention like you just play through it i've played i've played yeah. at places where everyone there like your background noise to them because that's just oh. what it is times and, yeah. and that's how most of that is and so it's like the awkwardness of hey I'm doing this thing and putting myself out there. And like, most of you are barely paying attention. Like that learning how to just deal with that and keep going is uh, definitely very valuable. And then, you know, I do stuff like this where it's like you said, I mean, I'm just, I'm just myself, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna change who I am. I don't know who's listening, but I would hope that whatever audience that, you know, gathers is a fan of it, or at least, you know, is here for a reason. So um, that's the other thing is, is like you said, getting an audience is a it's a super cool feeling when you know that there's people around you that are like supporting what you're doing but also they're kind of in on it right like whatever you are talking about or doing like you know that these people are probably thinking similarly to you because they're reacting to what you're doing so it's for it's sure 
it's a cool experience. And we're all human, right? And that's one of the things that I've learned too is, um, you know, it's it, it's you connect better with people um, if you're if you're more yourself and you mess up. Like it's it's okay to make mistakes. Like you don't right. want to come off as this like no, you know nobody's going to be perfect at what they do. And so the more you try to pretend like that, the more people aren't going to, they're, they're going to realize that like they want to connect with you as the, mm-hmm. you know, who you are and they want to have fun. And it's just, and like you said, you just keep, you keep playing through it. Like you're not going to just stop and wound yourself in the middle of it. Like, right. and that's, if they don't like it, then fine, be with them. But there's still just as many people that are going to, are going to like your music and, you know, love what you're doing as well. And so that's just the mindset you have to, have to continue to have and you know not just this industry or the music in- industry but in a lot of industries um and i think that's one thing that we all want to get like too deep here but like what we all battle on a daily basis with social media and stuff is, is so yeah. many people trying to pretend to be who they're not because of yeah. this this stigma and um you know it's just it's hard to avoid that but at the same time the more comfortable you can be in your own skin and being who you are, there's going to be way more people that are going to be thankful for that and um, want to, you know, connect with you and build a relationship with you and watch you or, you know, enjoy you than there are people who are trying to be that image of somebody you're not supposed to be, if that makes sense. So, right. but yeah, that's cool. I love that you play music. That's great. I need to work on the song. Do you have a Spotify single? I do. I have two right now. Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. What are <laughs> two, two of them out there. They're, one of them's called Lucky and one of them's called Whispers. And it's just under my name, Zach Tompkins on Spotify. So. Lucky and Whispers. All right. I'm going to go look at it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, seriously. I'm going to go put it on my car right home. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I have a question here from a friend of mine on Twitter from Christina. She says, what's your favorite part of the game day experience that we don't see? And that is actually a question that I was going to ask you about kind of the game day experience. Uh, you know, what goes like, what's a normal game day like? And like she said, what is, what's your favorite part that maybe people don't see? Okay. So I'll, I'll, I can go through in non COVID world, my game day routine. Yeah, right? yeah, uh, yes. So normally, so like, my first year when I was just promotions, it was just like two hours before game day call time. So I would show up, we would go through a production meeting. Um, you know, I would work with, um, Wade, Wade mentor, figure out if he needed anything for me and, um, my producer. And then it was, uh, you know, pretty, pretty all straightforward. My producer wrote my script, um, for the, for the promotion, promotional stuff. And then that was first year, second year when they decided, Hey, we're going to give you the responsibility of hosting a show that all that responsibility then fell on me, um, which was great because that just goes along with the experience. Right. So I would get to, um, the arena, uh, like 30 minutes before morning skate. So normally like I guess skate was 10 30. So like around 10 ish, um, I would work with everyone in Kane's vision up in the control room, producers, editors, just say, Hey, anything, um, new that I haven't necessarily seen or that you guys are hearing or what's going to happen tonight. Um, because the idea was to kind of get the, the wheels turning in my head before I went to skate and then went into the locker room to make sure that I didn't need to get anything from the guys. Um, you know, if there was any questions I needed to ask them off camera, or if there was like a little tidbit that we wanted to do on camera, I would go through all of morning skate. I would be in the locker room for all of that. Um, and then I would kind of take those two things and then Rod's press conference, which he normally does right after, um, I guess it wasn't really a press conference, but he would talk to us right after we would be in the locker room with the guys. And then, um, 
just take all of that information and then go back up to the control room. This would probably be around like noon once we were done with all that stuff. And I would essentially sit down and say, okay, what's the story for tonight's game based off of, you know, what was, what, what was happening. And I treated it like it was a broadcast, except obviously in game. Um, so then I would literally put together my entire script. Um, if I needed like a video or I needed a clip from what, you know, Rod Brendamore told us this, you know, that morning I would go to my producers and editors who would, you know, help me clip that off and they would save it into the system and, we are all working together in unison in this control room, me writing the script, them handling all the video and editing. Um, they are rock stars. I could not do my job without any of those guys in Kane's vision. Um, Cause I have so many requests. I'm like, Hey, I need this video. Hey, I need this. Oh, what do you think of this? Yeah. Uh, so we would all kind of collaboratively work. And then around like, I would say three ish, four ish, I would be done with my script and the show for the night. And that would all be, um, ready to go in the system from a technical standpoint and my scripts were printed out and ready to go. I'd run home cause I live right by the arena, um, nice. grab a quick, like early three, four o'clock, like afternoon dinner situation. That'd be like my big meal. Um, I would eat, I would change for the game. Um, I would come back and then that is the normal call time, the two hours before game. So that's like what seven, seven o'clock puck drop five o'clock is normally when we all had to be back there. Um, five, five, 15, five 30 would be our production meeting where we would have the production meeting with our whole team. And I mean, there are so many moving parts that go into the in game experience. Like it is, it is just like the production meetings, honestly, even there's probably more that we do with our in game production meetings than there are when I do a broadcast production meeting, just because there's so many moving parts involved when you have contestants, you have not just me, but you have Wade. That's two different, you know, people. And, and then Max, you throw Max in there. Um, you know, so many different moving parts and a lot of, okay, we might have to think on the fly for this. And then you guys saw, I had to do like three like proposals, like just trying to plan all those things. Yeah. It's uh. not as easy as it seems. Um, and so there's so much that goes into it. And then yeah, after a production meeting, I would just, go down to the to rink um to the arena level and talk to myself like go through my script and then yeah and then once the everyone started flowing in it was like kind of hard to really focus on anything which was a good thing because I could get my mind off of my script in the show and just kind of talk to people and get excited about the game and um and yeah so there's I mean there's so many people involved in the in-game entertainment part I'm trying to think of like what would be my favorite part about that. Um, gosh, that is a good question. I mean, I don't, I, I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like just, a, it sounds so cheesy, but like just being a part, like going to a, going to a game. And, and somebody said this to me one time and it's, it's, I wish I could say it better than this, but they were like, that's so cool. Like you don't think about like, People pay to go to these games. You are getting paid to be at this game. (laughs) You know, sometimes you don't even think about that because you love your job so much and what you're doing so much that you don't, you don't even even think of it in that way. But that kind of puts it even more into perspective. Like, wow, I am a part of bringing this experience to fans. Like I just think about the games that I went to as a little girl, like Hornets and, and Panthers games and like, a lot of times I didn't even know what was going on on the field when I'm like, you know, that, that age when I'm so much younger. But so for me, the exciting part was the, the games and the, you know, the mascots and the, 
Annette, like all of that brings so much joy and happiness to people. And like, I think that's just the coolest part being a part of the end game experience is being able to hopefully help bring that message and portray that to, to everyone that's, that's in the stadium. Because at the end of the day, as soon as people are walking into the doors of the arena, everything outside of that arena doesn't exist. And especially in this day and age, we need that. Um, so anything that can bring people together and bring people joy and happiness is just, that's a really cool thing to be a part of. Yeah, definitely. That's a lot of stuff, you know, that made me, that made me exhausted just thinking about your day. That's not even long of a, yeah, it's like a long day packed. Like there's so much stuff packed into, cause I mean the game, like in, yeah. For a work thing, like it's not that long. There's a lot of stuff you got to pack into that. There's a lot yeah. of stuff that goes into it. Well, it's funny too because I always like you would think I would be exhausted. Like after the game, I am like adrenaline rush. Like, yeah. I have to go through a separate routine after the game because I'm so wired, <laughs> and I'm like, cool down. go to sleep, turn off your brain. Especially like if we win, I'm like, ah! yeah. during playoffs, I like didn't even sleep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, how do you after that? It is an adrenaline rush, like. You know, yeah. even if you just go are going to the games, yeah, you especially if we win. If we lose, it's like all right, yeah. I'm to bed. But if, yeah. if you win and it was especially if it was a really good game, you're like, all right, let's go. What's next? Oh, <laughs> ready to start Very the night. Good. Um, man, Christina is busy on Twitter. Uh, she has one more question for you. She okay. says, Who's your favorite player to interview? Oh, people always ask me this. <laughs> oh, so hard. Oh, I no. hate favorites. Um Honestly, I, I always go back Andre just because Andre Svechnikov, he's just so, he's so pure and it's yeah. been so, it's been, he's just candid. Like he's candid and pure and not that the other guys are that, that whole locker room is full of really real guys. Um, and that's, what's so cool about this organization and this team is you inter- you can interact with them on such a personal level. And I know fans get that too, you know, going to like Kane's bash and, um, you know, the autograph sessions and like Andre Svechnikov, just for a guy that comes in as the new guy, um, you know, last year, like, and just to kind of see him continue to develop and become this like superstar, like he's still so naive to it. Yeah. And even when he try, even when he tries to like be cool about it, it's really, it's really funny. It's just, it's humbling, you know, to see a guy that's yeah. getting that much attention and that's going to be that such a good hockey player to actually be like a genuinely good person too. Um, it's really funny. So I would say he's good. You never, you just never know what's going to come out of his mouth. Um, he can try to be really serious. And then most of the time we all end up laughing. Not that we're laughing at that him. might even be more funny when he's like trying really hard to <laughs> give you like a really serious answer. Seriously. Yeah. Poor thing. And he does, he really does. It's been cool to see how hard he's trying to work on his English and interact with us. And, um, I mean, gosh, it seemed like just yesterday, Mike Maniscalco was like trying to coach him through like what, what to say. And then now here he is like uh, doing more than one media uh, interview and stuff. So he's, he's probably the most entertaining, most fun to, to interview for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's an answer that people could probably, you know, understand. Yeah. Just Jordan Martin always has something funny to say, but yeah. you, expect that. you expect that out of him. Right. Yeah, no, you know what? When you're going, when you're going to the to the vault for a Jordan Martinuk interview, you know what you're looking <laughs> yeah. for, and you know what you're gonna get every time. Um, so as far as the the broadcasting stuff goes, um, I don't know. Maybe I just haven't stayed in the loop on this. But for next season, are you staying uh, in the similar role with Mike taking over the play by play stuff? Are you going to be involved with some production stuff, or is so that so? There is. Are we, are we dropping uh, an exclusive here? I don't want to. <laughs> 
there is not anything official out for anybody yet. Um, so I will just say I will be involved with the Hurricanes next season. Um, and I'm very excited about how I can be involved and what that entails. But I will still be with the Hurricanes um, next season. So that's awesome. kind of, a, I guess that's a little bit exclusive because I yeah, have you heard it here first. I'll be back. Um, <laughs> well, I'll be with the Hurricanes next season. What that role looks like is still to be determined. So, yeah, I think what any, what any roles look like in a, in the weird it's season that next season is going to be yeah. is probably TBT to some extent. Seriously, it's 2020. So it, I, I'm really, every, I know everyone's getting so antsy about like, what is the season even going to look like? Right. I'm like, gosh, I feel like every day yeah. I'm like refreshing, refreshing. I know we've gotten a couple things. I retweeted something today about um, the what they're speculating the um, oh, division yeah. look like. So yeah, Greg Wyshynski's thing, right? He put out. The yeah, list. at least we're getting somewhere. Hopefully, I think yeah. once we have like a date and like here's the plan, everyone will be like, okay, now we can really start getting excited about hockey. Yeah, it's just like it's. I mean, you've heard this probably a million times. It's just like before the return to play. No yeah. one knew. You keep speculating about all these things. Um, sure. I feel like there's been there's been like a year or so period in my life talking about the team where there's always been a thing that everyone just speculates on, and there's just no yeah. news on it. Like at first, it was, "Hey, is Justin Williams going to come back?" And I was just <laughs> like, "I mean, are we going to keep talking about this? That he's got, whatever he's going to do. He, yeah. yeah, he's just going to say it." one day and then that will be the news and then we'll talk about it but until then like what are we discussing and then once the season goes on pause it's like how are they going to return are they going to like i don't what's yeah. it it's so much energy to speculate like they're going to come out with a plan and oh, I know. We're talking about. It's, it's the so same thing now, like, it's, it's so bad for all of our mental health too like i think <laughs> yes, sarah, sarah, and I, yeah, sarah and i on a daily basis are like what do we think is going to happen like oh here here's what we think and we're like why are we even trying to <laughs> these scenarios right. like it's yeah. not, not nothing's gonna go the way that we think or want it to go so right. yeah. um, at least with the return to play like the nhl was the first league to come out yeah. with something i feel like now it's like okay well the nba has come out with something you know nfl is happening right now like <laughs> other things are going on it's like all right where's hockey but right. only time will tell at this point yeah i think that with the nba kind of moving forward with their stuff the NHL is going to have to be for sure. those for leagues sure. always end up, you know, hand in hand with their, when they're doing stuff and they kind of push each other. Like yeah. I feel like the NHL pushed them in the playoffs and exactly. then now the NBA is like, all right, let's get started. And the NHL is going to say, well, all right, we got to figure out a way to get started then because well, we got to get this thing going. The good news is we have guys back and there's guys skating. So yeah. somebody knows something and, so, and those players are being told something if they're back. So Fingers crossed. Yeah. Just every little, the new, every uh, bit is a good, uh, keeps our, keeps us optimistic. So. Yeah, exactly. Have you been to the new practice facility? I haven't. And I talked about this this morning on, um, my the sports channel eight put me on the spot. They were like, are you going? And I was like, actually, no, I'm not. <laughs> but, um, Ben Swain had like all the details on it. Cause I guess he's been there a little bit, uh, skating nice. and everything, but no, I was just looking at all the, I was living through everyone's photos. Um, it looks amazing i can't wait yeah. to see it in person um i mean it's such a that's such a cool thing that this organization has uh for so many reasons not just for the canes and the nhl but just for hockey in general i mean there's i feel like they've been using it so much already for like i know i saw somebody commented about you know they're doing figure skating events there already i know there's um 
you know, some beer leagues playing there and even some other like youth hockey teams. Like, it's just so cool to have that here in North Carolina. Um, shame on everyone that said North Carolina is not and Raleigh are not. Yeah, hockey shame yeah, on you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Since I, I mean, I started playing when I was like seven. And from the time I started to, you know, when I went to college, there's like five more rinks in the area. So that alone tells you, you yeah, know, people are interested. The demand to a hockey rink is not a cheap thing to build or maintain. So you no. better know that there's a demand no. for it before you do it. Uh, Especially in North Carolina where the humidity is as bad. As yeah, it's, it's we, play, we, we play year long, you know. I'm playing summer leagues where, you know, I might step on a piece of ice where I'm like, that was suspect at best. But um, I'm sure it's not the case at that facility. It looks really, really no. nice. Yeah, no, honestly, super jealous. Um, I moved two, two years and some change ago to Savannah, Georgia, where I live now. So um, okay. there are no rinks here. The oh wow! Is, uh, the closest yeah. one is in Jacksonville, Florida, which is around two hours away. Um, so, one, I guess. I mean, I guess you don't have. Well, to the, to the east is ocean, where unless we freeze that, that's not happening anytime soon. To the mm -hmm. west is Georgia, like yeah, world, yeah. World, like you know, I drive thirty minutes away, and I'm like, this is this is the Georgia that. People that's why the Thrashers didn't last. <laughs> yeah, no, because it's just <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, Jacksonville's close-ish. And then Charleston is the next closest, like, big city where oh, they have stuff like that. So, yeah, I am I am uh, I have been hockeyless for a while now. It's really – I'll have to, I'll have to find need... some time maybe to check out that rink when I when I come back to town to visit. Absolutely. You have to. It, as soon as you get here, you need to put some skates on if, if yeah. you have to have a rink in that long. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I well, they... telling, I keep telling um, – Emil Hartman, he needs to teach me. I've been telling him that for like the last few years. He works with Shane Willis um, in the for in the youth hockey department, and I'm like Emil, you need to teach me how to skate. I've been trying to teach me how to do that. I know how to yeah. skate, but actually play. I'm like, right. Play. I feel like it'll help me out. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, all right. Before we go, real quick, what are your what are your predictions for the team next year? Are we going to playoffs again? Are we winning the cup? What do you think? I think we'll, we'll make the playoffs again for sure. Like I think, and I, th this is, I think I even tweeted something out about it. Like after, you know, we lost in the playoffs again this year, like this team has already exceeded expectations under Rod Brent. And, and I mean, I guess people had high expectations for Rod Brent and more, but just the, the changes that happened you know, after Tom Dunnan took over and Rod got hired and, um, you know, we drafted Andre just to see how quickly we've seen the production from this team and from him as a head coach has surprised me. And, um, you know, I hate to say that because you want to say you have all the faith right. in the world and, and Rod Brennamore, which, you know, you do, but that's, that's why I'm saying it's going to, this is only the beginning. And like, I don't even think this organization has scratched the surface with Rod, you know, holding the reins for this team. And, and, you know, I just think we will hundred percent win a cup under Red Brindamore. There's no doubt about that this year. I don't know. I, I think everything's so weird with COVID yeah. still. And nobody really knows what that looks like. And maybe that is a chance to say, Hey, we will win the cup because um, you know, we have a resilient team that, you know, knows what we're getting into and we have the right coaches to say, Hey, we're going into another weird year. Um, and here's how you got to face it. Um, and like they said in the playoffs, like it's going to be the last, the last team standing is going to be the one of the teams that has gone through the most and been able to mentally stay in it. And, you know, the lightning showed us that. Um, so 
you know, I don't want to jinx it and I don't want to say, hey, we're going to win a cup, but I know that we're going to go to the playoffs. I have no doubt about that. And I'm okay with saying that and not worrying about jinxing it because the team has such a bright future and that should get so many Canes fans excited um, for not just this year, but in the you know next years to come. I know we're all eager, like we need the cup now and we want it now. We need it now. Bring it home. Like, let's stay patient, guys. Like it's it will come under a guy like Rod and, um, you know, just this team and, and who we have right now um, as our core core guys and. Um, there's so much there's they have they haven't even scratched the surface so I'm excited this year's going to be weird it's I don't know what the fan situation is going to look like which will make it yeah. even weirder because we all know how amazing PNC Arena um, in the in that home game advantage uh, gives our you know this team but I don't know we'll we'll see fingers crossed that we only hope for the best and um, we aren't doing this for too long this season hopefully we get like the second half of the season where um, you know, things will be as normal as we can get them. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Awesome. I'm pumped. Let's start next season tomorrow, you know? Right. Oh, <laughs> I know. Right, go. All right, Abby, thanks so much for doing this. Um, I really appreciate you coming on and just for everyone that's watching this right now, if you can tell, I usually do these streams with the guests on Thursdays. Next Thursday is Thanksgiving. Not going to do it from the dinner table. We're going to do it Tuesday. And we're going to do it with Mike Maniscalco. So come yes. check that one out. Yeah. We're getting with the guests lately. I just love been. it. You got some Go. good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're running through it. Um, so thank you so much for joining. If you're listening, thank you, Abby, for doing this. And uh, we'll do it again sometime. Thank you guys so much. I always love it. Can't always love talking Kane's hockey. I can't wait for yeah. us to actually see it and feel it again. So same here. All right. <laughs> Thanks. Have a good one.